You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Green Bay Packers fans are really having a hard time with all the different Aaron Rodgers drama. And I got to tell you, it's really hard to feel bad for them. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at Cox Sports one You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook or join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. On the show today, we will be joined by Bo Thorison, the program director at Mad City Sports Zone in Madison, Wisconsin, and he's going to help us break down everything going on with Aaron Rodgers, what to believe, what not to believe, what's true, what's not true, and how Green Bay Packers fans are handling it and what the future may look like up there in the so-called title town. It's a fun, enjoyable conversation, even I think more so for Chicago Bears fans. You can revel a little bit in the uncertainty for the Packers and how they're starting to get a little bit of a taste of what it's felt like to be a Chicago Bears fan for the last 40, 45 years. So our conversation isn't directly all things Chicago Bears. It's a little bit more tangential, but we'll talk about some of the power shifting in the division, the impact of Justin Fields coming in right at this time that Aaron Rodgers could be coming out. And we'll just try and get a general sense of where the Green Bay Packers stand in the aftermath of the NFL draft and the Aaron Rodgers drama. We had a lot of fun going back and forth largely at the Packers' expense. And so today's podcast is going to run a bit longer than our normal episodes might, but I promise you it is well worth your time, and I hope you'll stick around for the whole thing. Joining us now on the Locked On Bears podcast is Bo Thorison, better known as Ebo. He is the program director over at the Mad City Sports Zone in Madison, Wisconsin, of course. He's the host of Ebo's Over the Line as well, and he is... He always brings the fire and and always has the takes. So of course, happy to have Ebo joining us on the podcast today in, in what has to be one of the most uneasy times in, in Green Bay, in modern Green Bay Packers history. I guess, what's sort of the temperature right now uh, among Packers fans? God, the temperature is, uh, it's definitely rising and heating up. All I've known in my, I'm now 33, 33 years of life has basically been, once I've cognizant of football, was Brett Favre. And Aaron Rodgers, it, it, it's you're to this point right now as Packer Nation as like, wow. And Lauren, I know it's the Bears. It was like, wow, is this what the Bears fans feels like? Is this what, you know, Vikings fan feels like this uh, is what, what Detroit might feel like? It's it's very jarring as a Packer fan. I'll say that in uncertainty. It's like you're in this like split, like this divorce and you don't want it to happen. And you want everything in your power to kind of have mommy and daddy play nice. But. At the end of the day, you're just the kid who is home alone, clutching his pillow and crying himself to sleep at night is what it feels like. <laughs> well, like so at this point, what what do you what do you believe to be true in this, you know, laundry list of 
I guess, quote-unquote reporting. Right? I mean, Adam Schefter, of course, you know, when he puts stuff out and, and Ian Rappaport at the NFL Network, like, we tend to believe what they say when, even when they have anonymous sourcing and all that. Like, there's a general understanding of some level of this is true, but then we start hearing from some Packers teammates. We start hearing from other anonymous sources from maybe less, uh, less reliable reporters. I guess at, at this stage... What what level of this drama do you like wholeheartedly believe as true versus what what seems to be a little bit more speculative? You know, I I do believe I tend to believe a lot of it. Like uh, I think the the one that is unbelievable for me would be that Rogers Aaron Rodgers was telling prospective free agents as early back as last fall that he wasn't going to be coming back to Green Bay. Yeah. So why would his friend David Bakhtiari sign an extension? Why would Kenny Clark, you know, renegotiate his deal? Why would Aaron Jones, who was uh, going to get paid to play for the Dolphins, choose to stay at a you know a friendlier uh, a, a friendlier contract? Excuse me, with Green Bay. That's the thing that I don't really buy. But with all the other stuff out there, I do kind of buy the Aaron Rodgers is comparing Brian Gutekunst, the GM, to Jerry Krause. <laughs> that was going to be what I was going to ask about. Jordan. Like I, be- I believe a majority of it because here's the thing. No one's really denying it. Rogers hasn't come out to deny it. It's all out there. And everyone's kind of like writing cryptic tweets like Packer fans are like Devonte Adams had done. And then other people like Devonte Adams today, uh, he was doing, um, I think it was with the herd. And he had said something along the lines of like, you know, it's the balls in Rogers court. He's still ironing things out. So it's, it's I believe a majority of it, and it's that's what makes me so concerned as a Packers fan. Where did you fall on this uprising a little bit when Adam Schefter, I think he was on the Rich Eisen, no, Dan Patrick show, and you know, he kind of talked about how there wasn't necessarily like one big new breaking thing that caused him to make the big initial report on draft day, but I think this phrasing was it was a it was a culmination of reporting over the course of the spring that he I guess more or less decided almost on his own to just happen to put it out on draft day, even though it had been building for quite some time. So it wasn't like it was new to Green Bay, but I saw a lot of Packers fans were like mad at Adam Schefter as though like he he put this report out and to almost like intentionally hurt Green Bay or to cause drama or to stir up trouble. Where where did you sort of fall on that spectrum? Well, at the end of the day, um, you know, as you know, Lauren, as media is driven now by clicks and by, you know, who's got the scoop and who can, you know, get the most eyes on their content to say it and show to their employers, like, I'm a valuable employee. Look at me, boss. I can bring in the revenue. Now, an accumulation, what is the yeah, accumulation of information? It's, I, I fall into the guise of there's a lot of things out there and Schefter was probably sitting on some of it. And he wanted and knew that the most amount of attention to what his people, his provider of ESPN, because they also were carrying the draft as well, that would be the most amount of attention on their product that night. And even if it wasn't a draft pick like Aaron Rodgers, it would be bringing people in. I remember going, I was at the gym and someone's like, and my gym manager who doesn't care anything about football is like, I got to watch the draft tonight. You know, did you hear this Rodgers news? What's going to happen? Is he going to be traded? So just a part of me falls into that Schefter did this calculated at a certain time, but also there were other sources, you know, it started with, um, what was it? Paul Allen, the play-by-play guy for the Minnesota Vikings. Mm -hmm. And then Bill Michaels, who, you know, I I'm with Bill Michaels on, he's on our network. So uh, we saw the Bill Michaels thing come out that the Niners made a huge sizable offer. It was like, was it Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, a bunch of, current players on their roster and a bunch of first round picks for Aaron Rodgers. 
And when I first saw that come out, I'm like, this is so absurd and so unbelievable that I just can't even like, I can't even repeat this like on air. Cause I was on air <laughs> when I was uh, bill, bill actually took a vacation day that day. He's like, Hey, can you share this? I was actually doing a show that day when he broke that news. And I thought to myself, this is so unbelievable that I don't want to make myself look like a fool. So I kind of sat on it. And then as the afternoon progressed, then you had Jay Glazer out there saying, then Adam Schefter came out with his big story about all of it. I'm like, Oh my God, this actually has some weight. So I, I think Adam Schefter was out there sitting on it and he saw Paul Allen, the Vikings play by play guy and some other people start to kind of like, uh, like pull back one of the layers of onions of this stinky make me cry as a Packer fan story. <laughs> and I, I think, I don't think Adam Schefter and the Ian Rappaport's and the big guys up there would put out this kind of information that would jeopardize because this is a huge story. Like this is huge. Mm-hmm. I don't think they would do this to jeopardize what they've worked, you know, their entire career for. Uh, and I don't think a huge story, like, listen, it's 2021. People can do all kinds of crazy things and still be fine. Mm-hmm. So I think he sat on it and I think he attacked at the right time in the eyes of his employer. But I also think that other people started to kind of push the story forward. So he had to release his accumulation of information that no one's really, you know, denied. Brian Gutekunst has flown out to uh, California. Yeah. Matt LaFleur has flown out to California. Mark Murphy, the CEO president, has flown out to California. If this story was untrue, why are they going out to California to appease Aaron Rodgers, you know? So what you're saying is it's Paul Allen's fault, and this is a Minnesota Vikings orchestrated blow-up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's the thing. When I when it first came down, is I was thinking to myself, is this Vikings fans – trying to punk us like are they trying to get our goat are they trying to like you know haha we got you you stinking packer fans that was my initial reaction yeah it was kind of crazy for all of us when when all that news was coming and we were scouring twitter and wondering what the heck was going to happen but now things are at least a little bit more calm at this very moment and i guess it kind of gives us an opportunity to look back and try and figure out a little bit more of how we even got to this point plus a look ahead at where things could be headed from here in green bay Next, on Locked On Bears. All the Aaron Rodgers uncertainty caused a shift in their betting odds from the odds makers at betonline.ag. Moving down the rankings in terms of odds to win the Super Bowl, tied with the Cleveland Browns at this point at plus 1,600, even the over-under for their win total on the season set at just over-under nine wins, which is clearly a step back from the 13-3 and record we've seen the last two seasons. Still the favorite to win the NFC North at minus 140. Packers and Bears a little behind at plus 260 and plus 300, respectively. But clearly a hesitancy for oddsmakers to go all in on Rodgers and Green Bay because we just don't know if he's going to be there. Now's the time to take advantage of those odds at betonline.ag. So sign up today for a free account and enter our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your free 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit, Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Today, we're getting the latest on the Aaron Rodgers developments out of Green Bay, joined by Ebo, the host of Ebo's Over the Line, and the program director over at Mad City Sports Zone Radio in Madison, Wisconsin. And Ebo, I mean, do you think Rodgers should have? 
that kind of input on roster decisions. You know, I mean, he is not an NFL scout. He is not a general manager. He's not even a coach. He's a perhaps the best quarterback in the NFL, and that that certainly speaks for something. But being really good at playing quarterback is not necessarily the same as knowing whether or not we should draft a cornerback in the first round this year. So I guess if I mean, what what level of you know, in some ways, do you feel like the Packers are justified to not giving Rodgers input? Or how much input do you think a quarterback like Rodgers should have? You know, if if you just go by the Jake Kummerow thing, then Rodgers should not be a GM and have say <laughs> for the Packers. Because no offense to uh, Whitewater Jesus, Jake Kummerow, but that's Division Three, this UW-Whitewater. Like, you yeah. know, it's it's he had bounced around from practice squad here, practice squad there. But I I understand to a degree of, you know, owners own, GMs, GM, and players play, right? And uh, Rodgers, I think, has seen 2001 was the last time that they got a wide receiver in the first round. 2001, that was Javon Walker. Rodgers wasn't even a thought of playing, you know, in the NFL. Uh, Maybe he thought he was going to, which obviously is now, but that was that last time they got a skill player is 2001, a wide receiver. Javon Walker. So, you know, Rogers out there saying things like, Hey, uh, I forget what podcast he was on. I think it was, might've been Pat McAfee show saying, I would love to have a skill position player in the first round, just not his replacement in Jordan love. So um, I think it's one of those things where you see a guy like Rogers, who's so good at what he does, if not one of the best, if not the best, I know the rings say otherwise for Tom Brady, but a guy that is so good, but can't really have a say in what weapons to bring to the table. Cause there's never been free agents. There's never been, you know, like I said, a skill position in the first round. It's always been a bunch of Rogers out there saying these things. And then his boss in a sense, GM Brian Gutekunst does the exact opposite. I'd be mad too. After so many seasons, do you think the, the first round wide receiver thing, and not even just first round, but undisputably the Packers have not invested very much at wide receiver throughout Rogers career. And of course, a quarterback should want to have more at wide receiver. But when you look at like where the Packers have been successful and where they have not, do you think you know a- adding another wide receiver would be the difference? You know, is is that why they've only won one Super Bowl? You know, when you think back at the the Mike McCarthy years and you know some of the struggles that they've had to finish in the playoffs and some of those things, like does does adding more wide receivers change that? Or you know, or is it is it the defense? Is it the offensive line? Is it the coaching? Is it the play calling? I think that's one thing I keep coming back to. It's like yes, yes, receivers, but. I guess you would have a better perspective than I do. Like, do you think have, had they invested more in receivers, you would see, you know, significant differences in how the Green Bay Packers have performed over Rodgers' career? God, wouldn't you like to go back in time? Well, not, not <laughs> as a Packers fan. Wouldn't you like to go yes. back in time and, and whisper in the ear of Ted Thompson or Brian Gutekunst and be like, hey, draft this wide receiver in the first round instead? Uh, you know, I think I saw a stat, Lauren. It was something like, uh, the New England Patriots and Tom Brady never drafted a wide receiver in the first round, two in the same span of time. And then look at all the rings, obviously, that Brady and the Patriots got together with Bill Belichick. And then, you know, the same stretch with Rodgers. And he just has the one in 2010, 2011 season. You know, I looking back on it now, and maybe I'm captain hindsight here, but sure. Yeah. I mean, it possibly could have helped, but look at the connection he had with, uh, you know, coming in when he uh, first took over, when Favre was there, you had, um, a string of talent. Uh, I remember at one time it was what it was Greg Jennings, James Jones, uh, Randall Cobb. And then what was there? You throw Jermichael Finley. I mean, you had some, you had a lot of talent. Yeah. And hell, you saw it. You saw it in the Super Bowl run. Uh, but then after that, 
you know, the Packers have really just Devontae Adams and then who? It's uh, Devontae Adams, you know, could argue is the best wide receiver in the game. But outside of that, I remember people saying this roster is so bad. Uh, it's worse than the Cleveland Browns roster when they went defeated a couple of years ago. It's only Aaron Rodgers carrying them. And then you saw Rodgers, you know, put the team on his back and go to the playoffs and they lose an NFC championship game. But here's the thing, Lauren, when you look at Rodgers and I'm not the typical there's Packer fans and there's cheese heads, right? And the cheese heads <laughs> as a Bears. Yeah, no, you know, you're right. You understand this, right? It's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> There's Packer fans and there's cheeseheads. I'm a Packers fan. Uh, the cheeseheads will never say a bad word about Rodgers. If you go look at uh, NFC Championship games for Aaron Rodgers, I I'm sorry. There's there's times where you could just say, "Wow, he really wasn't the Aaron Rodgers I'm used to." You know, sometimes he could look in the mirror and point it at himself. Uh, I'll just go back to last year against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Packers had three turnovers off of Tom Brady, and what did the offense and Rodgers do with it? I think they got six points out of three turnovers. That's not going to be winning you an NFC championship game against Tom Brady. Now I know Kevin King was like the big scapegoat, but you go look at Rogers and NFC championship games, like against the bears, not the ring of this memory in 2010, 2011, it was the defense of BJ Raji, the, <laughs> the pick six. man on the field. Yeah. You were picking off, um, uh, Cutler's replacement and going to the end zone. Caleb Haney or Todd Collins at that point. I don't even remember it. Either way. I try not to remember. Yeah. Yeah. I apologize. I apologize. I didn't mean to bring that up. <laughs> So, so, but I guess what I come back to here is like, I think there's, there's two separate issues. It's one is, you know, wanting to value Rogers properly and, and have him involved and at least communicate when you're going to draft Jordan Love, which is another one of the things that they didn't even give him a heads up reportedly that that's part of the issue here. But then there's a separate discussion of like, is Brian Gutekunst a good general manager and, you know, under Ted Murphy and is this leadership in the, in the post Ted Thompson era, are they actually good at what they do or, or, or is that exacerbating the communications? Like, are they drafting a good team and Rodgers is just mad because he's not involved with it? Or how much of this is being mad because, you know, the general manager hasn't been able to, cause I mean, I guess you look back and they've been 13 and three, two years in a row. I mean, they've been to the conference, you know, the conference round of the, of the playoffs, like they're, they're getting there. So like, I guess where, where do you start, where do you start pointing blame here then? You know, there's it's uh, my blame. I, I look at Mark Murphy, the team president and CEO, and the Packers are so new and so unique. You know, we don't have an owner. It's a, a board, obviously, of uh, people that select the president and then go. I look at Mark Murphy and I I tell him to go look in the mirror and fire himself like Mark Murphy to me. Like his job is to make money. I get it. That's why you have Titletown up there with the, the hotels being built and all the attractions and yeah, which he's done good at. They're making money. But he has this triangle of power. Uh, you know, he's the one that had the hand pick and take making uh, Matt LaFleur the head coach and Brian Gudukunst the GM. And now he has all the guys come into this 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 triangle that he's got to sign off on. So I look at Mark Murphy. If, and if you believe the Bleacher Report article when they fired Mike McCarthy, and uh, I think Tyler Dunn wrote that when he's with Bleacher Report. And there was a quote in there. If you you know if you take it for face value. It's Mark Murphy telling Aaron Rodgers when he hired Matt Flores, Aaron, don't be the problem. Um, there's a lot of people to blame in this. I would start looking at Mark Murphy. I would start looking at, you know, Brian Gudukunst. I would also look at Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a guy that like we just talked a little bit ago, he very chip on his shoulder holds grudges. Uh, but you'd ask me, I think it was initially about Brian Gudukunst, the GM. And what do they always scream about Lauren? It's like, you can't judge a draft until it's four years. Well, <laughs> You know, so yeah. Brian Gutekunst's first draft was 2018. That wasn't that long ago. 
Uh, he got Jair Alexander. That guy's one of the best, you know, in the game right now. Yeah. And the Packers are always looking for a cornerback like that. I mean, Josh Jackson's pretty damn good. Uh, now the wide receiver, here's the thing, Lauren, the wide receivers and Brian Gutekunst, uh, he did a lot in 2018, right? It was Marquez Valdez-Scantling, you know, MVS. He's fast. Does he drop the ball a lot? Yeah. Uh, Equiminia St. Brown, he's, you know, when he's healthy, jury's out, I guess. Jamon Moore in the fourth round, he's cut. He didn't even, like, he's not on the team anymore. And then you go back and look at the other draft picks, and you're thinking to yourself, like, well, there's some good defensive picks, but I don't know about the offensive side of the ball. And other ones, we still got to wait and see. So uh, I know I just covered a lot of ground there, but uh, I don't know. Is Brian Gutekunst good at what he does? I guess more will be revealed. He definitely upgraded the roster from what Ted Thompson had, you know, stepped down. Um, but he's, I'll tell you what Brian Gutis is really good at, Lauren. I guess it's pissing off Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and if that's your GM, pissing off your star quarterback, then maybe he isn't that good. Yeah, that's, uh, I think it's a fair point, though, that they're, it's a little bit too early to, to determine too much about this, this new ownership group. And that's, that's part of the problem is like, clock is ticking on Rodgers and, and he doesn't have time to wait and see whether some of this stuff is going to work. It's like they needed it to work now. They needed it to work last year. They needed it to work the year before because you're really winding down there and, and getting to the end. And I guess I'm curious as this move fo- moves forward, do you, do you as a Packers fan from having seen maybe just a little bit more of Jordan Love than, than those of us on the outside, have you had any sort of reason to have any more confidence in him now than yeah you would have as a draft pick coming in. Like, has there been any sort of like preseason heroics that like stand out as like, oh yeah, like that's it. Or does it all sort of become a, a faith that these last few years on the bench will have been the magic serum that worked so well for Aaron Rodgers two oh. decades ago? You know, you're asking the magic question, right? You know, what have I seen um, as, you know, as my, as I got my finger on the pulse of the Packers, right? Here's what, <laughs> Lauren, what, what you have seen is essentially what I have seen. Like I've talked to people obviously that are like reporters there and whatnot. And I have uh, my own um, sports director, Zach Heilprin, that he's up there, you know, in green Bay, I got some other guys that are, are in the know and there's not much to see. Uh, he looked really good in a track suit. I'll tell you like he, that the dude can fill out a track suit. I wish I could fill out a track suit like that. <laughs> um, but outside of that, I mean, that's the tough part about um, last season and COVID-19, right? There was no preseason. There was no games. There were no, you know, it was cut short a little bit. The team workouts were different. You couldn't, you had to do everything in Zoom. So Aaron Rodgers has called the Zoom meetings his desert rose last year. Jordan Love, this is a guy that had a really good, you know, the second year before he came out was really good. Then he got Gary Anderson as this coach for Utah State and as Wisconsin Badger fans, I'm a Wisconsin football fan. We can't stand Gary Anderson. So Jordan Love got Gary Anderson and his numbers regressed. And I will definitely, definitely blame Gary Anderson for that. Yeah, what a surprise. Of how we left Wisconsin. But that's the great unknown is Jordan Love. I don't know. I've seen videos and some of the videos I saw, like one went viral last season where Jordan Love completely whiffed on throwing a ball into a basket. It was like abysmal. So we kind of like made fun of that. And outside of that, literally, there's not much tape or anything besides what you saw in college on Jordan Love. And that was so long ago in NFL years that you get a little nervous. And here's the other thing to go back to Brian Gutekunst, if he's a good GM or not. Lauren, do you remember the, the quarterback named Deshaun Kaiser? Oh, yeah. Second round pick in, in the Mitch Trubisky draft. Do you remember how his uh, the Mitch Trubisky? <laughs> do you remember how Deshaun Kaiser's career is kind of panning out right now? Not good, right? Yeah. Did Brian they- Gutekunst is the one who wanted 
Deshaun Kaiser on the Packers because he loved his skill set. What's that say about Jordan Love if Brian Gutekunst was fell in love with Deshaun Kaiser and now he's looking at Jordan Love? That's my other concern right there. So I, all I know is that Brian Gutekunst, his eye that he had for Deshaun Kaiser, the, the talent evaluation, not the greatest. I think, I think Kaiser is maybe third string. On the on the Raiders, don't quote me on that. Like that's how irrelevant he is now. If no one knows where he is anymore, so if that's what Brian Gutekunst I had to go by of judging quarterback skill, then yeah, I'm a little concerned about the Jordan Love. Yeah, I imagine that's a, a very new feeling in Green Bay with with some of that quarterback uncertainty, like you said. But it's it's all about looking forward, I guess, at this point, regardless of which quarterback is going to be there. We'll get a sense of how Green Bay's draft and offseason have gone building around either quarterback and how all of this affects the power dynamics in the NFC North next on Locked On Bears. Aaron Rodgers is clearly not happy with how some of the parts have been handled in Green Bay, but if he wants some consistency in high-quality parts for his car and truck, then he's got to turn to our friends at rockauto.com. They're a family business that have been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. They've got a catalog of parts that is so deep. They have stuff in there that I'm, I'm not even clearly sure exactly how they work. I don't know how a fuel pump assembly works or an engine control module, but I do know brake parts. I know tail lamps. I know motor oil. You can get it all at rockauto.com, and you're going to get it at a good price. They don't have different price tiers for the professional mechanics and the do-it-yourselfers like some of the chain part stores do. So don't spend up to twice as much somewhere else. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Again, we're here with Ebo from Mad City Sports Zone, breaking down all things Green Bay Packers and the future of Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. And we will get to some NFC North power dynamics shifting here in a moment. But but first, I want to expand a little bit beyond just the quarterback. I'm not going to make you predict what's going to happen or yeah you know, because none of us know I'm not going to ask you for how, how this is going to play out but when you look at this at this Packers roster entering 2021 separating your separate from the quarterback position what's sort of your level of confidence in offensive supporting cast defense special teams as far as you know if Rodgers was there is that is it is it a, is it a team you feel like has another shot at the Super Bowl? Is it is it picking back up where they were last year at thirteen and three with the number one offense? Obviously, a very Aaron Rodgers based number one offense. But I guess just overall, the the full supporting cast, regardless of quarterback, what's your level of confidence? Well, I mean, do you want me to take Aaron Rodgers out of this equation? Yeah, I guess. Oh. If well, because it's not necessarily you know sort of irrespective of the quarter because obviously Rogers raises the level of everybody else yeah. around him. So if it is you know if it is Jordan Love and then you can sort okay. of add the Rogers okay, bump in this. afterward. I got this. I, I I've been trying to mentally prepare myself for life without Rogers for a while. So I got this. All right, Devontae Adams, one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver in the game. Aaron Jones, one of the best running backs the past two years. That's great. Uh, that's phenomenal. Uh, I'm excited to see what AJ Dillon the running back um, out of Boston college that Gudu Kuhn's pick last year can do. Cause in one game, that's all I really have to go from last year. He outrushed Derek Henry, 
against the Titans. So that's that's a beautiful thing. Uh, I like I like how they're you know investing in the offensive line. So who's ever back there, I think will be able to be protected and get the ball to Devonte Adams. The the level of wide receiver drops off a little bit, obviously, because next would be what uh, MVS, I guess. Lazard. Uh, there's Alan Lazard. You have uh, Devin Funches, who sat out last season because of COVID. He's he's back. So there's another solid veteran. Um, tight end is looking all right. You know, you got Robert Tunyon. He's looking good. And the defense, I think, actually is going to be more of a strength for the Packers because you saw them grow last year. And you'll see more like Rashawn Gary's coming out. Uh, he's he's breaking out a little more. You got this new guy, Eric Stokes, you know, out of Georgia that they drafted that I'm excited to see. So you have obviously Jair Alexander and the growth there. I'm not a big fan of Kevin King, but at the end of the day, Kevin King is a NFL starter. He's a low-level starter, but he's a starter. So at least he's a starter uh, when it goes by the grades of him. So I think the Packers will be a competitive team if they don't have Aaron Rodgers, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be making it a sure thing of winning the NFC North like we've done so many times in the past. Like honestly, for Justin Fields and the Bears, uh, I know Andy Dalton probably is going to be your starter right away, possibly. But Justin Fields, watch him be starter by Week Six, and he can make some noise. Uh, the Lions are the Lions, whatever. I'm, <laughs> I'm honestly just concerned about the Vikings. I, if you take Rodgers out of this Packers roster, obviously the Packers roster has got spots that are good. But, I mean, how do you replace someone like Rodgers? Yeah. So if you give the ball to a guy like Jordan Love, and listen, I'm hoping for the best for Love. It's nothing against Love. So when I gave my Deshaun Kaiser you know, triad right there, it's not a diss to Jordan Love. It's more of a diss to Brian Gutekunst. So – Lauren, I just want to say, if there's no Rodgers, hold me. Because it's <laughs> hold me because it's it's something that you're asking me a question, Lauren, right now that I haven't had to think like this for what am I 33? I haven't had to think like this for for like 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 25 years. Well, I ap- I apologize for having making you think about life without a Hall of Fame quarterback <laughs> for once. I I I, just, I feel so bad making Can you, I ask you imagine a question? that. Yeah, as you know, looking at it as you know as a bear side. What is it like for you? It, the combination of Justin Fields was was the critical thing here. That if it was still just Andy Dalton and Nick Foles, that there wouldn't be that level of excitement. Like, because like when you take Aaron Rodgers out, it, it it opens things up. It's like okay, now now there's some room to wiggle here. But if it was just Dalton and Foles, it's like oh, it's open, but we're not walking through that door. Like you know, those two guys aren't doing it. So it's like. The combination of adding Fields and potentially losing Rodgers is like this this dream draft weekend for Chicago Bears fans that I don't think <laughs> any of them thought was possible when they went to bed that Wednesday night. Like it was just like fingers crossed that maybe Mac Jones would fall to twenty or something. You know, like we didn't think. You know, we were, it's just like there's always this fear of like the worst case scenario that's going to happen in Chicago, and somehow everything went the Bears' way all at the same time. For the first time since 1985, you know, it's like that's that was like the level of of change, and that's why there's so much excitement in, in about Justin Fields and everything. is is not only that he's an exciting, fun quarterback, but there may also be a real opportunity for him if, as things go downhill with Green Bay. Like even if Rodgers comes back and plays this season, and I don't know that there's confident that 
that that's going to be a long term marriage. It might you know they might patch this up. Mom and Dad will make it work to bring this full circle. They'll make it work for the kids for now, but. You know, I don't, yeah, I don't, once they graduate and they're out of high school, then mom and dad are going to split again. <laughs> exactly. Like that's, so I, I think we're, we are, uh, we're happily watching the divorce, the neighbors watching the divorce happen with our uh, binoculars through the window, watching mom and dad fight, just like rubbing our hands together. Like, yes, tear the family apart. We will swoop <laughs> in. Like it's, it's, it's a fun time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nerve wracking, man. And, um, you know, as a Packers fan and a guy that, you know, covers them and talks uh, about them every day, this is, uh, I'll tell you this, it has been a fountain of, uh, sports talk, uh, topics. I will say that it is the cup overfloweth with topics on this. And how about this for craziness? Eventually, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the Smith brothers, especially as a Darius Smith, uh, Jair Alexander. So exciting. Like I said, Rashawn Gary, you know, you have this guy, new Eric Stokes. In what universe is this could be so wild that if Rodgers isn't the quarterback, we could be talking about the Packers defense being the bright spot and not the offense. That's something I thought I would never say, but but here I am. Welcome to Chicago Bears football for the last 40 years. Buckle up. We're, <laughs> we are, hey, we are ex- watching the Bears defense is fun. So, if, I mean, if that's the case, but I guess I was watching it through the eyes of you know, laughing at uh, sexy Rexy, Rex Grossman, uh, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle Orton, and then, you know, Jake, I love Jay Cutler, Jay Cutler, and then, you know, Mitch Trubisky. So this could be a whole flip, the reversal. 2021's wild. Well, Ebo, it's been it's been a blast having you on the podcast today. It's it, you're, it's as much fun as listening to your show on the Sports Zone Madison. Let everybody know a little bit more about uh, where they can find it. I know you're also streaming on Twitch as well for people that aren't within the uh, the listening range on the radio dial, but where else can they catch their stuff? Yeah, if you want to catch me and if you're in uh, you know the Madison area, also uh, a couple other stations around Wisconsin carry me as well. 96.7 FM and 1670 AM, The Zone. My morning show's over the line from 6 to 10. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Ebo says, E-B-O-S-A-Y-S. That's my name. Hit the follow button. That's my Twitter account. That's my everything, is Ebo says. So that's how you can get a hold of me. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This is awesome. Uh, I know I had you on uh, on my show. I'd love to have you on again. I think last time we were talking about Mitchell Trubisky getting benched and what you know what happened. So, Lauren, this I I can feel it in the air. Can't you? Can't you feel the reversal? Can't you feel the Bears? Like it feels like the time is now. What's? Can I ask you what your percentage is uh, if if Rogers being a Packer or not? Like I'm like I'm like seventy percent sure that Rogers is going to be like a Denver Bronco. Like I'm like seventy percent sure he's not going to be a Packer. What about you? See, I'm. I'm 70% sure the Packers aren't going to trade him this summer. But whether that means he lines up on the field in week one or not, that's yeah. that's where I'm not. Like, I, I really feel like Rodgers is the guy who will be the stubborn, put his foot down, and I'll either sit out or I'll host Jeopardy or I'll retire because ah. screw you, I don't need this. You know, I, I just I, I, I can't see Brian Gutekunst actually making this trade in the same way that the Russell Wilson thing. I just, I just couldn't see them actually making that seismic of a player trade without, I mean, it just doesn't seem like it's financially feasible for any teams involved. And of course the compensation will never make sense. So I, I don't think he's going to play for anybody else. I just, I don't, I don't I'm not super confident he's going to play for green Bay week one. Hey, you know, when Kevin Garnett once said anything is possible, I don't think he was thinking of us living through the year of 2020 and into 2021 that anything is possible like this. So anything is possible, good or bad. And right now, I think the bad might happen. Yeah. But I've, I guess I'm being a pessimist here. I got to end on a positive note. I, I do feel bad for Packers fans in the sense that, like, 
everyone lived through so much abnormality in the last, you know, 12 to 15 months, and everyone was just looking forward to maybe a normal 2021 offseason and season, and Packers fans have had nothing close to that, and I can feel for that ongoing fatigue of just wanting to get back to, like, consistent football that you're used to. Yeah. Well, let's keep our fi- – well, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that he's back, and you keep your fingers crossed as a Bears fan that he's gone So and that Justin Fields works out. <laughs> One of us is guaranteed to be happy. How about that? <laughs> I love it right there. That's that's perfect. Thanks again to Bo Thorison, a.k.a. Ebo, for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed our conversation – Make sure you subscribe to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. I hope you'll come back tomorrow as we turn our attention a little bit more toward the Minnesota Vikings. We'll be joined by Matthew Collar from Purple Insider, formerly a reporter at ESPN Minneapolis as well. And and he's going to break down the Vikings draft a little bit for us and how they wanted Justin Fields and what their future is going to look like at quarterback with Kellen Mond on the roster behind Kirk Cousins. Should be another fun conversation, a a nice back and forth with Matthew as well. So again, I I hope you'll keep following along with us throughout this offseason, even after the draft. We'll have schedule release coming up a little bit later this week as well. Plenty of good things coming your way. We are not slowing down just yet. So I hope this helps you get through this offseason a little bit easier, even when there's no Bears football on TV each Sunday. I hope at the very least the podcast helps you Bear down.